You're nicely nestled. Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, nestled in the woods of Harrisville, Rhode Island, the epicenter of paranormal activity in the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Yes. That was pretty melodic, the, yes. last, the last part of that. I try to be melodic. Welcome to another edition of the Eon Project. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's been a while since we've done a show. It's been a while. People miss us. They do. Especially our friends in um, uh, overseas. We have lots of listeners down down under. Oh, and w- what is that? Um, New Zealand? Uh, that w- well, would Australia be down under, or both of them? Well, New Zealand is, da- uh, or excuse me, Australia is down under. What's Aus- what's New Zealand then? That's down under to the right. Oh, what do they call that? Down under, to down the right. under yonder, down under yonder. Hey, what's a famous Australian band, rock band? Famous Australian Men at Work. Yeah, ah, I pulled that one out. Oh, because they sang a song called "Land Down they, Under." That's the only reason I know. <laughs> and they s- talked about Vegemite. Do you know what Vegemite is? Uh, it's some sort of vegetable spread. It is a spread of yeah. some kind, and it's, uh, I don't know it's very what... it's very popular down there. Well, what you know, we should probably talk about the topic because we the feedback we we get limited feedback, but the yes. feedback we do get we we uh, we don't talk about the topic at the beginning of the show. Why don't you talk about the topic? So today we're going to be talking about false flags. Ooh, false flag operations. Yes, the uh, the, the concept of what it is, mm. uh, some examples throughout history, and then how it ties into present day. Correct. Uh, some things that are going on. We're not talking about in the NFL when they throw a flag on a on a, a penalty that did not exist, or the freak flag that you fly uh, daily. Correct. Yes. Yes. Not those flags. Different different type of flags. Ah. But before we get into that, ah, get into it. We uh, right before the show, you know, we don't. Mm. We don't a lot of people don't know. We don't rehearse this. Don't rehearse it. There's no note. Well, we do have notes individually, but we don't really know what we're going to talk about per se. Per se. Until yeah. the show starts. Well, right before the show started, I asked Jay a question, and he goes, you know, no, I'm not going to answer that question. Let's talk about it on the show. Yes, correct. So I, I want to do that now. So let's get an organic response or, from you. Organic and orgasmic. Okay. Do you know what a queening box is? Hmm. A queening box. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. What, what, what is I've it? heard of this term before. This is a box. It's a uh, it's a it's a um, a man sized box, <laughs> and in it is a lifelike uh, 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 version or a lifelike uh, visage of Freddie Mercury, mm. and he's in this box. Uh-huh. It's a, he's a, a, a robotic uh, version of Freddie Mercury, mm. and you can ask it random questions about the band Queen, and it's permanently aroused. And yes, and he has a uh, a thing around his genitalia. No, that's not correct. Oh, so this is something that came to my attention recently mm-hmm. um, due to a due to a friend in the show, a friend of the show, Brent. Oh, hi, uh, Brent. Brent of Red Queen Project, mm. and also of Hermit Light Media. Oh, Queen, it makes sense. It's yes, topical. I know, but that's so. I want to get to Brent in a minute, but because of Brent's uh, something he told me, I was looking into strange and erotic furniture. Oh. And I found something called a queening box. Uh-huh. Now, if you have little children listening, mm. which you shouldn't, but if you do, uh, fast forward like thirty seconds or a minute because I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna talk about get some past things. the queening box. Yeah. So a queening box is a device mm-hmm. that you might that you may find in a dominatrix studio oh. or a fetish bedroom, something fetish. along those lines. Essentially, yes. what it is, it's a small box about the size of uh, just a, just large enough to fit a human head. Uh huh. And oh, just the head. Just the head. So what you do is uh, the the, uh, the the submissive, if you will, mm. gets on the ground, 
and uh, the person puts his head in the box. Puts his head in the box, or she, or, or someone puts him she, in the box. He or she, he or she, doesn't matter. And the head is now ensconced in this box. Uh huh. And there's some sort of sling apparatus that keeps the head elevated. Oh. And now the face of the person is sticking. Basically sticking out a little bit from like, this box. It's 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 exposed. It's exposed to the world. So it's a cutout for the yes, face. Yes. Ah, exactly. And yes. on top of that, uh, where the face comes out, yes. surrounding that part is a cushion. Uh-huh. So theoretically this like is an where, ass gasket. This is yes, this is oh. where someone would sit themselves. Oh. Making the face par- portion of yes. the person in the box have to face the butt and there's no resistance. The you can't resist this. There's no way to get out of you're it because into you're the locked box. into this box. And it also I forgot to mention it's got like um restraints for the hands oh. on each side of the oh, box. Okay, so now you're in this box. I can vision envision this. <clears throat> you're in this box. Envision. You can't get out. Uh, and so th- whoever is in charge of you at this moment okay. sits down. You can't get away from it. And they basically. So what do they do when they sit down? Well, they sit there. Well, you have to use your imagination. So. Are they? Are they? Um, <laughs> Do they unsheathe the buttocks? Okay, so from what I understand, mm. there's two different. Well, there's multiple. You could. They could be sheathed. Oh, they could be unsheathed. They build up to it, maybe. Yes, maybe okay. they do. Maybe there's some sort of. Um, so there's some sort of. Um, they kind of tease you process. in the sense of. Yes. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna and do then, it. Yep. Or, or, ah. or you know this. You, are you familiar with the term breath play? Um. It's a dangerous sexual practice well, you kinda, where they you, cut uh, off the other person's air supply. Okay. Would yes. not recommend doing yes. that. No, but but you can do that with this, but you're cutting off the air supply with your butt. Oh. Well, the other person is. Hopefully not your butt. Okay. But okay. somebody else's butt. You can strategically place your sphincter and over the... Uh, not just the butt, but also the, you know, the frontal regions. So whether oh. it be man or woman, you can adjust it to, to have it I whatever see. you so would like. So there's different ways that you can attack this box. Yes. That's right. Okay. So there's, there's adjustable straps. I see. Anyway, so if you're in the market for a, a new piece of furniture for queening. your queening, get a queening box. Why do they call it that though? Uh, I don't know, but maybe I wonder if it has something to do with back in the day when, um, like, the ro- royalty did not have a, they didn't have a indoor plumbing. Yeah, and they literally had a box to sit on in order to, like to, a potty. Uh, uh, they had like a like a royal box that they would eliminate like themselves. A royal potty, on, and, then, and then one of the serfs would come in and grab, yes, grab exactly. the, the chamber pot out of it. Exactly. There. Yeah, but anyway, so I got into that because of Brent. Uh, who, who we were talking about an upcoming uh, film that we were going to be doing, upcoming mm. film project, doesn't have a queening box in it, but it sent me on this rabbit hole. Uh, 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 rabbit hole, if you will. <laughs> if you will. All yeah. right, well, that's a good segue. Yeah. It's a good segue. And before we get into the topic, I think, Mike, um, I think we should maybe talk about a little bit about um, some projects that we have coming. Sure. And we'll, maybe we'll talk more about that, too, towards the end of the show. But, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we all know that Hermit Light is the parent company, media company of... Uh, the Eon know, Project. It, the Eon Project. There's a lot of, um, we have podcasts. Also from the Black Lodge. From the Black Lodge. We have uh, musical yep. uh, numbers, which yep. we'll talk about later on as well. Yep. As well as some filming things that are going yep. on. Hermit Light's first short film is now making this, we'd actually just got notified today, I can't release the name. That's right, the uh, The short film is making its way around, Mike. You want to talk yep. about that? Yeah, so it's actually, it's making the festival run. Oh, I like festivals. So it's been submitted to many, many festivals. Mm. Uh, we're starting to hear back uh, about some official uh, selections. I can't really get into them right now because this, the festivals haven't started yet, so they're, they're big on secrecy. Oh. So anyway, make a long story short, that one is in the, that one is completed. It is making the festival rounds. Mm-hmm. And then we have another short film that's, that's going to be filming in February, and then in the spring... We look to be making a pilot uh, for potential uh, distribution. Potentially, potentialities. Lots of stuff going on with Hermit Light. Also, and then uh, also with with Hermit Light, 
uh, associated with Hermit Light is the Red Queen Project, and they had some exciting news recently. That's correct. Yes, they re- recently released a uh, an EP, which uh, in the music biz, an EP is an extended play. Oh. Uh, that's, uh, you know, a short-form version of an album, essentially. <laughs> Not the full, you know, 10, oh. 12 songs or whatever. Yeah, so. and you, you know, I know from personal experience, you can find it on Spotify. Correct. And you can find it on uh, probably some other uh, some other platforms, but it, it's called uh, The Red Queen Project, and yep. the title of the EP is See You in the Future, I believe. That's correct. Called. And a bonus to you people listening today, you're going to hear a track from that later on in the Ooh, show. Oh, very nice. But... Let's get into the program, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier. Yeah. So false flag operations. Are we talking about false flags? Yes. So go ahead. I think. You're so gonna... what is a false flag? When we hear the term false flag operation, what is that? I think you're going to tell us. Well, it's you know it's a uh, it's actually an act committed with the intent of disguising the actual sorts of responsibility and paying, pinning the blame on another. Right. In other words, when you fart. Yep. And you're and you blame it on the dog. Happens almost daily. That's a, a false flag operation, and the dog looks around. <laughs> <That's> correct. <laughs> like because the dog can't defend itself. Nope. So you blame the dog. And, and plus, the... you ever notice dogs always look guilty? Yes. Like, whenever you call a dog's name, it looks guilty. Like it, it just knows it did something wrong. My dog scares itself when it farts. Yeah, and dogs it runs tend away. to do that. Yeah. So actually, the term false flag it originated in 16th century as a purely uh, figurative expression to mean a deliberate misrepresentation of someone's affiliation or motives. Mm. And it was later used to describe a ruse in naval warfare. Right. Because we know in naval naval uh, terms, they use a lot of flags for signaling. They do. It's called sort. semaphore. Semi-what? Semaphore. Ah, that is the name, that, that is the, the, the name of, of yes. uh, communicating via flags. So in naval warfare, whereby a vessel flew the flag of a neutral or enemy country in order to hide its true identity. Right. So they'd so be flying the French flag yep. when underneath of it is some limey Brits. That's exactly right. And that tactic was originally used by pirates and privateers. Ooh. To deceive other ships into allowing them to move closer before attacking them. I see. So you fly this false flag. So you fly the flag of, of a neutral or non-enemy country. Yes. Right? Because that's how they would tell, like, you know, back in the, the age of sail, you could see the ships coming from quite a ways away. With Correct. Your, with your yes. little binos and yes. monocles or whatever. Monocle cockles. Yep. And so you would see it. And uh, I guess that's back when, you know, gentlemanly warfare was the thing. Right. Uh, and actually... That still exists today because troops generally wear, combat troops typically wear uniforms with insignia on them. Well, in in countries that abide by the Geneva Convention and and rules of war and uh, things of that sort. Perhaps you need a lesson, sir, in the rules of war. You know what movie that's from? Uh, No. That's from The Patriot. Oh. Uh, Colonel Tavington says yes. that to... Uh, yes, a very Colonel, historically inaccurate movie. Colonel Tavington is actually an amalgamation of several uh, people, in the, uh, British commanders, but mostly mm. based on Lord Tarleton, who was a uh, a cavalry, a dashing cavalry leader in the, in the of the British Army. And he was into queening boxes, I've he heard. He probably had a queening box, yes. I hope guess. That's exactly right. Anyway. So anyway, the false flag uh, term, it actually extends uh, today to mean any kind of uh, organized attack or attacks to uh, make it appear as though that it came from somewhere else, uh, mm. some sort of terrorist attack. But mm-hmm. in actuality, it was uh, uh, generated by the, per- the the country that wanted the attack to occur on them, essentially. Right. So to, to garner sympathy and public sentiment towards uh, condu- uh, declaring war or some sort of political gain. Exactly. Like exactly. And and let me let me just preface this by saying, um, you know, this the, the term conspiracy theorist. And, and that kind of uh, ties into a little bit about what we're what we're yeah. talking about here today. Right. It has a negative connotation. It does. Well, 
It in, used to. <laughs> in, in certain respects, right? So people that want to, um, they want to uh, discredit right. any kind of uh, uh, event or something that's going on that they don't necessarily either agree with or something that they want to downplay mm-hmm. um, because they're being controlled by other parties. Uh, that's a term that's used uh, basically as a derogatory term in terms of whatever subject that they're referring to, mm-hmm. to basically discredit it, to say that, oh, this doesn't exist and these people are crazy. But in actuality, as you're going to see, a lot of these things, which were deemed as conspiracy theories, are actually things that are legitimate. Right. They have legitimate evidence and there there are things that have actually happened over the course of history. Right. Yes. Well, what we're finding out today is a lot of conspiracy theories are actually not theories at all. Exactly. But, but, but are, pro- are proven to be right years mm-hmm. later, sometimes months later, sometimes days later. Yes. Yeah. Do you uh, actually, this is a little bit of a deviation, which we didn't discuss, but do you know the first false flag in the history of the United States mm. or, or of America? Do I know what it is? Yeah. Or one of the first, because I can't definitively say it was the first. Uh, it was probably first. something uh, associated with the Revolutionary War, I would yes, imagine. that's correct. Mm. But do you know what it is? You're going to laugh. Was it the Battle it. of Trenton? No. Oh. That was not a false flag operation. So the first false flag operation happened before the Revolutionary War even started, and it's known as the Boston Tea Party. Oh. Because the Boston Tea Party, a yes. lot of people know that, you know, the, the colonists... The colonists uh, dressed up as Mohawk Indians, correct, and yes. they went down to the the ships in Boston Harbor and threw the through the British tea into that the, was a uh, false flag operation. Yeah, so they were pretending to be Mohawk Indians, but everyone knew who they were. They were the they were the Sons of Liberty. Yep. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get into it, but a lot of people think a lot of people are wrong about yes about events like that. And I should have known that because I did a uh, a research paper on the Boston Tea Party back yeah. in eighth grade, I believe, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Crispus Attucks was a uh, was a key figure in the uh, the Boston Tea Party. Well, he was a member of. The, oh, I'm sorry, that was the Boston he was massacre. A of Boston massacre, which yeah. was associated with that time. Well, time period. he may have been also at the Boston Tea Party because oh, the Boston good. Tea Party True. happened before um, the Boston. Well, no, I'm sorry, the Boston Tea Party. No, Crispus Attucks died in 1770, mm-hmm. I believe. The the Boston Tea Party is 1773, so he couldn't have been. Okay, <laughs> he was already dead. But he was a, he was a former he, slave, he was, yes, I believe. He was, and uh, he has a great name, Crispus Attucks. He was the first person uh, uh, shot at the supposedly. You should actually sound like this. Which is funny to say because Crispus Attucks. Many people were shot at the same time, so Correct. it's really difficult yes. to say. Oh, he was the first person. No, not really. Okay. But anyway. Anyway. So the Boston Tea Party first first false flag of the United States. Correct. So we're going to talk about uh, random and various false flag operations. Historical. Fo- this isn't something we're making up. No. And as we said earlier, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is truism. Yes. This is historical fact. Correct. And not necessarily. Um, they're not all uh, associated with the United States, although some of them right. will be. <clears throat> yes. So the first one I want to talk about. Uh, it has to do with the, the Russo-Swedish War. Ooh. Russo-Swedish War. A lot of people don't know about that. No, you don't. You don't hear a lot about it in uh, in history classes and things of yes, that sort. Yes, because who wanted to fight the Russos? Who did? Who did? Why do you want to fight the Russos? I don't anyway? know those Russos. Or the Swedes. I don't know. The Swedish women are quite beautiful. Oh, they are. They're very um, uh, uh, fair-skinned. Fair-skinned. And uh, blonde-haired yes. maidens. Nordic. Nordic maidens. And yes. they can... Not only are they... Very beautiful, but they can beat you senseless. Beat you. Uh, the Swedish powerlifting team, if you're listening, yes, I'm available. Yes, correct. Anyway. So the Russo-Swedish War. Uh, in 1780, uh, excuse me, 1788, the head tailor of the Royal Swedish Opera. Oh. Do you know any Swedish operas, Mike? I do not. 
He received an order to sew a number of Russian military uniforms. Uh-huh. Uh, well, these were then used by the Swedes to stage an attack on Pumala. Where's which Pumala? Is a, it's a Swedish outpost on the Russo-Swedish border. I see. And on the 27th of June, 1788, this caused an outrage in Stockholm, oh. which is the obviously the capital of, of Sweden, mm-hmm. and impressed the Riksdag of the Estates, oh. which is the Swedish National Assembly, kind of like Congress, like, right. who uh, until then had refused to agree to an offensive war against Russia. They didn't want to fight oh. the Russians. Who wants to fight the no, Russians? Nobody wants to fight the Russians. Russians is a huge country. It's Russia a, it's is a big a undertaking, country. and it's been the downfall of many... Many a, a, a would-be emperor. Correct. The Pumala incident allowed King Gustav III of Sweden. Oh, Gustav. He obviously, uh, he, he, much like, like uh, Joe Biden, lacked the constitutional authority <laughs> to initiate unprovoked hostilities <laughs> yes. within the estates. But, however, however. to launch the Russo, uh, excuse me, Russo-Swedish War, they instituted this uh, uh, attack, uh, uh, if you will. Dressed as uh, Russians. Correct, oh. and you'll see that's a uh, a theme that runs throughout so the uh, the that, day. That's a pretty easy way to pull off a false flag is you just dress up in the other the other person's costume. You and you're gonna see that later as as we as we said you dress up in their uniforms, right? And then you attack yourself. Yes, and, and you can well, say they attacked us before you know before we go any further. If you're a government that mm. is willing to employ a false flag like that, you're a very morally ambiguous government. Well, let me ask because you because you have to be able to you have to be willing to. To kill your own correct citizens. Let me ask you this though. Yes, let's talk about let's talk about the macro. It, 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 talk about it in a macro sense. Okay. Okay. Not macaroni like and macaroni, cheese. I was going to say I'm really hungry right now. In in the larger sense, why would any country or sovereignty participate in this sort of action? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I feel like they may feel like that's the only way to garner public support for an unpopular war, or or for some sort of uh, political agenda, uh, create an enemy that there wasn't one before. And it, that's kind of how I feel like that's how they reached that decision. Well, as President Dwight D. Eisenhower once said, we have to be uh, wary of the military-industrial complex, right? Yes, famously. A lot of these countries wage war in order to wage war. They wage sure. war for profiteering. Yes. They wage war for imperialism. Yes. Uh, things of that sort. And this is a this is a fact, people. And you can be patriotic. I'm a patriotic person. Yes. I Mike agree. is as well. Yes. We served our country. We believe right. in, uh, you, you know, the 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 tenets and the beliefs and the the the, the believe in the greatness of the United States. The greatness States. of it. However, we're all fault. We all have faults. Yes. As human beings, as a nation, as other nations. We all have faults, and yeah. this is one of the faults of of sovereign nations. Right. Yes. No kidding. So are you done with the Russo-Swedish? Yes. yes. Okay. What was the outcome of that? Uh, they went to war. Oh. What was the outcome of that? 1788 to 1790. <laughs> Who won? Because I don't Two know. Years. Two so, years. I, I, I feel like war. the Russians won. Russians always won. Yeah, Russians. Well, usually Russia wins because someone makes the stupid decision of invading Russia in the wintertime, mm. which is probably the not—, not... Speaking of wintertime— It's cold. It's freaking cold. We're, we live in New England, and right now it was like f- four degrees out today, uh, and and that actually brings me to an interesting thing. I want to bring you. It, it, yes, I'm going to deviate from false flags for just a quick minute. Now, you just mentioned we served in the military. We we as we've mentioned famously on the show, we were both in the United States Marine Corps. Now, in the Marine Corps, there are several unwritten rules mm. that you must follow that are basically sacrosanct rules. And if you wait, don't, don't, don't jump ahead. You're going to jump I'm ahead. Not, I see no, what you're, not, you're thinking about jumping anything. ahead. Don't jump ahead. No, I'm not going to say a word. So basically, if you violate these unwritten rules, you'll get yelled at 
or you know some sort of some sort of verbal lambasting <laughs> will probably come your way. And one of them is wearing a belt with your uh, with your jeans or your civilian attire. You, you must, must wear a belt. You must wear a belt. Second one, you always must shave. Must shave. You have to have a shave no matter what. Third, haircut. You got to have a fresh haircut every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. But the most stymieing one I've ever heard, and I don't understand, and I think it's probably just the Marine Corps. I don't think the Army does this or the Air Force or the Navy. But in the Marine Corps, you cannot put your hands in your pockets. No pockets. No matter how cold it is. Nope. You could be uh, at the Arctic Circle. In uniform. In uniform. You cannot put your hands in your pockets. Why can't you? You can't. Has that ever been dis- dis- like? Has that ever been told to you why? Well, because you I need, don't know. Why. You don't need to know why. That's the rule. <laughs> That's the rule. It's been happening since 1775 when <laughs> Captain Samuel Nichols. <laughs> Uh, established the Marine Corps in Tun Tavern. The second thing he said was, don't put your hands in your pockets. That's, a, that's exactly correct. Oh. Well, and I don't know why they put pockets on Marine Corps uniforms then, because they're going, on there. It's been going on ever since. Every, like, to this day, I don't want to put my hands in my pockets. The only <laughs> the only pocket in a Marine Corps uniform that's utilized is the left, left breast, breast pocket, pocket. That's right. that has your military ID in that's it, right. and that's it, and that alone. It's the only thing that's you, can, it. you can have in and your And you pockets. can only reach in the pocket when you're <laughs> ordered by a superior to present your ID. That's right. You better have it in there. That's it. Oh, you can have a pen. You know, there's a little pen holder, like right in the middle. Yeah, but you have to do it on the inside. On the inside, yeah, it has to be uh, obfuscated. Right. right yeah. Yes. Anyway, all right. What I do you want? I just want to talk about that. What right do you now. want to go into next? So the, the one I want to talk about, which is kind of a famous false flag. Mm. We're going to go outside of uh, America for a moment because we do have some listeners from around the world. Around the world. But this is a very famous false flag, mm. and this is which took place in February of 1933. Oh. Okay. And one of the most famous incidents designed, uh, considered by many to be a false flag is the Reichstag fire. Was that the Kristallnacht? Nope. Reichstag oh. fire, which took place on the night of 27th of February, ah. 1933. Yes. Where a lone communist sympathizer by the name of Marinius van der Lube Ooh. was arrested and charged with setting fire to the German parliament building, which is known as the Reichstag. Yes. This act uh, gave Hitler and the propaganda minister Josef Goebbels... Ugh. The excuse they needed, yeah, the excuse they needed to purge Germany of opposition, especially the communists. So, in the sweeping emergency powers that followed, Hitler and the Nazi Party grabbed power, um, and they basically what's 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 become a uh, common knowledge is that they probably set the fire themselves, obviously, and then blamed the communists, yes, so that they could start this purge of people, which ended up in World War II, and, correct, and the uh, uh, unfortunately the Holocaust and everything else that happened was as a result of the Reichstag fire. And you're going you're actually going to see the Nazis come up later on in the uh, in the program. They were they were Nazis. They I were, hate these uh, guys. Very uh, well versed in the false flag operation. Mm. They had no scruples. No scruples. What's a scruple? A scruple. I don't know, but you know what scrapple is? Remember scrapple? Yeah. Or was that scrap? What was a game? No, it's scrabble. No, I know scrabble. <laughs> scrapple is like chopped up uh, spam. <laughs> and that's like fried and oh you put it with God. your eggs. You eat spam. I don't. I haven't had spam in 20 years. You vomited on spam one time. What? Yes. What are you talking about? Back in elementary school, I remember that. You you threw up after eating spam. I don't believe you. And it got all over everyone's shoes. Anyway. It was disgusting. Why don't we move on to the next topic? Let's move on. So we're going to get into, um, we're going to go to the Second World War. Oh, we were just or with the close, actually, excuse me, just previous to the Second World War. And we're going to get into the Second Sino Japanese War. Oh, oh, the Japanese. Most honorable. Oh, I love a Japanese. I spent some time in the Japanese. You know, it's probably racist. You probably can't do no, that. No, no. We like the Japanese people. I love we li- it. We lived love there it. for a year. I loved it. I loved being there. They were actually there. really nice. <laughs> loved the Japanese culture. I loved the people. Yeah, uh, really it, nice it was a good time. 
I love the uh, the secretary we had. Her name was. Uh, do you remember her name? No. It was um, Iku. Remember oh. Iku? I don't know. All I remember is that dealing with Japanese people yes. is completely different from dealing with anybody else. Correct. They're very polite. Uh, even if they don't like you. Yeah. They don't. Oh, yeah, they Because I'm sure you. they didn't like us. No, they're going to hate you. They hate your guts. <laughs> hate your guts. You go, oh, yes. That yes. doesn't mean that they didn't do anything bad because the Japanese people used to do lots of bad things. Correct. Yeah. But anyway. But they'd be like, oh, yes. I'll take you. Arigato. Arigato. You, speak a, you still speak a little bit of the A little bit. A little bit. Little bit so anyway, the second Sino-Japanese War that happened in September of 1931. And uh, at this time, this is uh, pre-World War II, but the Japanese War. Why do they call it Sino? What does that mean? S-I-N-O. Yeah, but who is that? That's the, uh, the, the, uh, the, those people. Okay. So anyway, the Japanese at this time, they were a ruthless group of people, right? Very so ruthless, yeah. speaking of imperialism, they were all about imperialism at this time. They were trying to take over different... Uh, uh, they actually had an emperor. ...territories and, and countries, and they had a lot of issues with the Chinese at the time. Yep. And for a small country, they wreaked havoc. They really did. All over the Far East. Yes. It was, it was crazy. So in September of 1931, Japanese officers, they fabricated a pretext for invading Manchuria, which, is, of course, is part of China. Yes. They blew up a section of a railway. Okay. And though the explosion it was too weak to disrupt operations of the rail line, the Japanese nevertheless used the, they called it the uh, Mukdun incident, ah. to seize Manchuria and create a puppet government for what they termed the independent state of Manchukuo. Oh, so they basically annexed part of China. Exactly. So they they intentionally, the Japanese did, blew up a, just to recap, a mm. Chinese railway, which, of course, didn't have the, the overall destructive effect that they had hoped for. Oh. However, like we said, they used it as a, a pretext to go to war with the Chinese, which, of course, they did, mm. which led up until, you know, World War II, obviously. Yeah, because, and they actually committed a lot of atrocities. In uh, mainland Big time. China. Yes. Anyway. And I actually have a, uh, well, we'll get into that later, but I have a, uh, well, I'll just get into it now. Why don't you get into it now? I have a, uh, a samurai sword. You do? A katana that was actually, uh, it's a Japanese katana that was taken from the battlefield. Wow. From the island of Saipan, Saipan excuse Saipan. me. Yes. By, uh, is that in the Philippines, Saipan? No, no. Sa- that Saipan is Japan itself? Well, it's, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a, a territory. It's an island in, yeah. the, uh, in, the, in the, the Pacific. Got it. That uh, a U.S. Uh, service member at the time that I uh, it was a family friend who has since passed on, hmm. who was a battlefield capture, and he took it home. You know what? And I ended up with this sword. Actually, it's pretty cool. You can't do that anymore. You can't just no. take stuff home from the battlefield. You can't take anymore. an AK forty seven no. from Iraq. Although people take... try to. Yeah, but you know, uh, I feel like maybe maybe I'm just this is old school thinking. I feel like you should be able to if you're the conquering army. And you're coming home to your family, yeah. And you grease some dudes. Mm. You should be able to take some trophies from them. Can't we I take feel. an RPG? I feel like you should be able to take anything you want: noses, ears, mm. teeth. You know what? You know what? You're Screw going it. down. You're going down a a, a a a slippery slope with that, though, no. my friend. No, I'm not. Because okay. you know what? I'm the victor. I should be able to take whatever I want. That's that's <laughs> well, that's women, uh, automobiles. <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're anyway. getting up to the uh, the halfway point of the show here yes. on the Eon Project. Yep. And as we stated earlier, you know, Hermit Light Media, which is our parent company, yep. has its tentacles, much like a Cthulhu. It's like the Hydra. A Cthulhu. It's a Cthulhu. I love Cthulhu, by Cthulhu the way. Cthulhu is a cool thing. Have you read The uh, the Call of Cthulhu? Cthulhu. I, I'm totally into Cthulhu. Lovecraft. That's Lovecraft. Lo- I'm, I'm totally into Lovecraft right now. I'm oh. listening, because the good thing about the internet is that you can find his works 
Well, without reading the works, you can find them <laughs> narrated yes. on YouTube. Well, you know, it's funny when sort. you read Lovecraft or hear it in your case, it's, it's, it reads like modern day horror a yes. lot of times. Yes. You don't think of it as taking place so long ago, but he wrote that stuff a long time ago. If you're into horror and uh, almost science fiction at, yeah, at, at times, science fiction. at times, yeah, cosmic and stuff. If you don't know anything about J.P. Lovecraft, go ahead and look up his his biography. Oh, excuse me, H.P. What did I say? J.P. <laughs> Who's J.P.? J.P. Morgan. Oh, that's close. Almost. H.P. Lovecraft. Anyway, uh, he's from Rhode Island. Yes. And he's actually buried in Swan Point Cemetery, which is here in Providence, Rhode Island. Providence. He has a very interesting history. Mm. Uh, he was nothing. He was nobody. He was a loser. Yes. Uh, he didn't know how to make it with the ladies. He didn't know how to queen box anybody. He didn't have a queen box. I tell uh, you that. And all of a sudden, he became this the most prolific... Uh, horror science fiction writer of the 20th century. It's it's they still I mean they still they're still making yes. Lovecraft inspired correct uh, uh, movies TV shows art games you name it strangely strangely bizarre but anyway uh, you can check them out online if you're if you're interested if in you're, that if you're so inclined but getting back to Hermit Light Media yes so one of the things that we like to do here on the Imp Project is is to promote musical acts yes one of the musical acts that the Hermit Light Media is associated with and we are good friends with is a band and a musical act called the Red Queen Project. And recently, the Red Queen Project released an EP, which is an extended play. Do you know what extended play is, Mike? Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. I did? Yeah. It's uh, it's less than a long play, which is an LP, which would be the full length. It's sort of like related to records, right? Yeah, yeah, records. That's how they used to do it back in the day. Or if you're, uh, if you're British, record. Record. It's a record. Oh, it was French. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we don't get... Although I do have a record collection. I've started a record I see collection. Some, I see some vinyl over there, friend. And But I like classic vinyl, though. I don't like yeah. reissued new vinyl. I like, I like the like classic vinyl, uh, classic Sirius vinyl. XM radio station. Yes. It's I don't cool. think Red Queen Project is on vinyl yet. That'd although, be cool if they were. Although they should press some vinyl. That, yeah. would, be, that would be pretty cool. But anyway, so what we're going to do is here for the uh, the halfway point of the show is we're going to play a uh, the first release of the Red Queen Project, which is a song called Nephilim. And Nephilim, what, what is a Nephilim? Mike? A, uh, that would be in reference to the Watchers in the Bible, which were the unholy offspring of fallen angels and human women. They were supposed to be giants, weren't well, they? Well, okay, so that's a cause for another show. Uh, some people think that they were giants. Some people say that that's actually not in the Bible. Mm. Nephilim only appear in the Bible sparingly, very, very sparingly. Ah. They do appear in the Apocrypha, however, with some of the banned books of the Bible. We can talk I about see. that another day. Obviously. Yep. All right. So we're going to listen to uh, the Red Queen Project's newest release, Nephilim. And if you're interested in them, you can find them on Facebook. They're actually on Spotify yep. and all the streaming Streaming musical networks that you could uh, get patronized. Exactly. Here we go. Throne. 
That's Nephilim by the Red Queen Project. Ah, our good friends over there. Go ahead and check them out. Check them out on Spotify, yep. Facebook, all the uh, the streaming platforms and things of that sort. Find them, buy their stuff. Give them some support, please. Hello. Support like a uh, like a the jock strap of a of a preteen soccer player. Ooh. Does that make sense? No. No. Okay. Anyway, all right. We're getting back to false flag operations. Right. We're in kind of the World War II time frame. Right. We want to talk about the uh, the Gleiwitz incident. Why don't you talk if about the if you're Gle- into Germany, the Gleiwitz. You're gonna know what Gleiwitz means Let's or Gleiwitz because mm. in Germany, W's are V's and V's are W's. Why is that? You think? Um, they're just a strange folk. So it's in America in English, it's Volkswagen, 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 people's wagon, Volkswagen. But in Germany, the V is a W. Volkswagen. So it's Volks, or excuse me, no, Volks. Wagen. It's confusing. Ah. It's confusing. Yes. Volkswagen. Okay. I don't know why, Thank but they're German. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> the Glavites incident mm-hmm. happened in 1939 and uh, involved uh, Reinhard Heydrich. And he basically, in, he fabricated evidence of a Polish attack against Germany okay. in order to mobilize German public opinion for war and to justify the war with Poland. Mm. So, as we know... 
one of the the so Germany started annexing countries. Yes, all over the place. The Sudetenland, the Sudetenland, Austria, things of that sort, right? Mm. But they knew that it was gonna at some point it was gonna come to a to, to actually war, right? To actual aggression. Eventually, somebody would get pissed. That's correct. So what they decided to do was, hey, in order to because Poland was the uh, was the focus of their uh, anger and attacks, basically in 1939. That's what they wanted to do. So the 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 fall vice, so fall wise, which is what we would say in English, yep. is the 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 code name which translates to Case White, the invasion of Poland, and that uh. was supposed to happen in September of 1939. Mm-hmm. So German special forces they were to wear Polish uniforms, mm-hmm. with German uniforms underneath. So but they were hot. They would yeah, and it would cause chaos and destruction behind enemy lines. And these units they performed false flags attacks on German. Uh, customs posts along the border. Okay. So in addition to that, as we talked about earlier, was the Gleiswitz. I can't even say it because yeah. I'm not German. Stop saying it then. Gleiswitz. Gleiswitz. Yes. Incident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically it led to the deaths of uh, Nazi concentration camp victims because they forced them to dress as German sh- soldiers. Oh. And then they were shot by the Gestapo. Oh. To make it seem like they were had been shot by Polish soldiers. Jeez. There were a bunch of that. Uh, jerks. That's correct, and, and obviously Himmler and, and all those those idiots were all involved in this all this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But because of this, it helped to mobilize public opinion and mobilize the German population ah. for the invasion of Poland. I see. Which, of course, you know, was was the 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 pretext to, to uh, you know, the actual combat in in Europe during World War Two. Because mm. as we know, the Blitzkrieg, the lightning warfare, lightning warfare attacked uh, Poland and overran them in very, very, very short, yes. short order. That's correct. And then everything pre- precipitated from that point forward. I think the Ger- the German, the Nazis actually did that uh, that same similar tactics during the Battle of the Bulge. They had some English speaking mm. Germans in American uniforms that made their way into past the American lines and caused some havoc and some. Imagine that. Like, imagine being in mm. that situation, like in the Battle of the Bulge, and it, you know you're in those those horrible, horrible conditions, and then now you're worried that the American patrol in front right. of you isn't an American patrol. Well, that's an issue for you every day, is it not? Well, sure. The Battle of the Bulge, when you go to put your underwear on, that is, it's a battle and, every day, and you're having an issue. Battle of the Bulge. You're bulging, <laughs> bulging at every orifice. Yes. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So you done with the, the that one? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we're. We're going to move on. From, and you know what? Maybe it's now's a good time to tell you. So towards the end of the show, but, you know, we're going, we're progressing through history. We are going to talk about uh, the January 6th event. Sure. Uh, and how that may or may not be a false flag because that's in the news today. And I know that a lot of folks want to hear about that kind of thing. We are going to talk about it, so stay tuned. But anyway, so after World War II, mm. the uh, United States – well, first of all, do you think the United States would ever become involved in uh, in false flag operations? Absolutely. Absolutely. So after World War II, we needed an enemy, right? Mm. We needed to have an enemy because World War II uh, ramped up production of, uh, of military goods and it ramped up the American economy. They want to keep that going. So the, you know, the, the, the uh, we need an enemy to get built up for. So everyone's looking to see how we can make an enemy of somebody, and who would make a better enemy than the USSR, the Soviet Union? Correct. So after World War II. Um, there, you know, the Cold War started essentially, mm-hmm. and many in the government were very concerned about what was taking place in Cuba. So, as we all know, have you ever seen the movie Thirteen Days? 
Yeah, very, very the, uh, interesting. It's about Cuban, the Cuban Missile, Missile Crisis. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. I would definitely recommend it. The Massachusetts accents are terrible. <laughs> Massachusetts accents are horrible. Nobody can pull those off. No, and Kevin Costner is not a good person no. to make accents no. for any. He any sounded dialogue. like he was from Kansas when he's he played terrible. Robin Hood. He's terrible. He couldn't do the English accent. <laughs> and he gave up, too. What the hell's wrong with Robin him? Hood, he, like, he would do one sentence in the English accent, and then he would just totally give it up for the next one. Hey, real quick, just yeah. this quick Kevin Costner aside, mm-hmm. my, and this is a movie that Mike recommended to me last week. Oh, God. It's a movie that I never saw before. Yes. And he mentioned to me, and it was called Silverado. Silverado! It came out movie. in 1985. It's a, it's a Western. It's a star-studded Western. It's, it's Full of stars. Never heard of it. You couldn't get any more stars in that it's movie. It's got Kevin, a young Kevin Costner. Very young Kevin Costner. It's got Danny Glover. Yep. Scott it's Glenn. It's got Scott Glenn in it. It's got Rosanna Arquette for like two minutes. Yep. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Uh, who Brian else? Dennehy. Oh, my God. It's it's star-studded. It's amazing. Did you like it? I loved it. Ah! I had it on my surround sound. Good for you. It felt like it was in the mid... Uh, it's, in like the, a, it's like a rollicking, it's good a time. rollicking, good Western. Yes. Definitely watch Silverado. Go for it. Anyway. That's not a false flag. No. We're talking about false flags. <laughs> talking about false flags <laughs> after World War II. So the, the militarization of the, uh, the island of Cuba after the communist revolution became yes. an issue. So many in the government was was trying to come up with ways to address the issue of Soviet involvement in the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So after World War II, like I said, they're doing this. Um, Many in the in the government wanted to invade Cuba and depose Castro, who was leading the communists there, and then basically take away Russia's offensive capability in the in the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. President Kennedy was resistant to that; did not want to invade Cuba. He didn't want to risk, and and you know, say what you will about Kennedy, um, he was a decorated uh, war hero. Uh, he he was not a poser. He was not in the National Guard and never right. deployed. He was a legit war guy. Right. He and, saved his crew on a PT boat. Yeah, he did. And, in World War II, and he paid for it for the rest of his life with back pains and he everything. Did. He was he in did. a lot of a lot of pain. But anyway, the, the reason I mention that is because he was not somebody who didn't know what he was talking about when it came to war. But and because of that, he didn't want to go to war. There was a lot of things he didn't want to go into the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not going to talk about the. And he pissed off a lot of people. He did. He ended up he ended up pissing off a lot of people. But anyway, a lot of uh, in the American government wanted to invade Cuba, so uh, the CIA concocted this Bay of Pigs invasion, in 1961. We're not mm-hmm. really going to get it. That wasn't a false flag. However, um, before all this is taking place, the U.S. military had actually drawn up plans to uh, conduct false flag operations, and this is not conjecture or conspiracy theory you can actually read Correct. the documentation uh, uh the operation is called operation northwoods i think this came out a few years ago and they were digging for yeah, jfk information correct. right and as a freedom of information act right. request a lot right. of this documents yep. came forth so essentially operation northwoods was a plan to provide a reason to invade cuba alice castro and handicapped soviet intervention in the western hemisphere so this is actually stuff that I took from a, a blog, and I can't remember the guy's name, and I wrote it down. I'm now going to apologize, so it doesn't matter. Yes. 1962, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, headed by General Lyman Lemonser, which is a stupid name. Oh, Lyman. Unana- un- uh, unanimously proposed state-sponsored acts of terrorism on United States soil against its own citizens. Mm. The head of every branch of the U.S. Armed Forces gave written approval to sink U.S. ships, shoot down American hijacked planes, and gun down and bomb civilians on the streets of Washington, D.C. in Miami. Can you believe that? <laughs> so they obviously this is not a joke. Like this is no. this is not a theory. This is written down. Correct. The plan was only the only reason that this didn't happen was because of President Kennedy refused to endorse it. Right. But the concept was in place 
All these guys signed off on it, and they knew that if they were to conduct all these operations, that, that public sentiment would be, oh, screw Cuba, let's invade them and get rid of them. Sure. So here's some of the highlights. Operation Northwoods proposed faking the crash of an American commercial airliner. The disaster was to be accomplished by faking a, <laughs> faking a commercial flight from the U.S. to South America. The plane would be boarded at a public airport by CIA agents dressed as college students with aliases going on vacation. Then an empty remote-controlled clone of the commercial jet would swap places with it at a given rendezvous point in flight as it left Florida. And then the real airliner would land at a secure airbase ba- air mm. in Florida. Then they would send a distress signal from the from the commercial jet, saying that they were hijacked by a cube. Uh, they were being attacked by a human. Uh, excuse me, a Cuban MIG, and then the uh, the empty clone would be destroyed. Mm. Then they would say everybody was killed. Right now, that particular plan, no one would die supposedly. Right, but what does that what does that sound like to you? What I just described. Well, it sounds like Flight ninety three. Yes, from September exactly. eleventh. Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. Right. That's why a lot of people think of 9/11 may have been a false flag. And, and here's the thing too: we're not we're not saying that that was a false flag operation at right, all. Right. Um, I'm not gonna just drawing similarities. I'm not gonna delve into all the, the the you know crazy thoughts and conspiracies about that at all. I'm not I'm not gonna say that. However, right. This isn't something you know. These types of things are not out of the realm of possibility. No. These governments do do this, and, and you know you said do do. Doo-doo? Mm-hmm. And here's the bigger point, Mike, I want to make. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is a hard this is something that I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around. Mm-hmm. So let's go back, let's go back to the Vietnam War for a second, right? Yep. Because th- this, what Mike is talking about, this was a pretext to the Vietnam War, essentially. Right. They couldn't get into Cuba and they ended up in Vietnam. Yes. Right. So <sighs> And fifty five thousand Americans were yeah, dead. Yes, exactly. And how many lives ruined right. besides that? And here, here's the issue that I'm having, okay? Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, most of the folks, right, that protested the Vietnam War, yep. okay? Uh, we know that we call them hippies. It, it's not a derogatory term, but that's... Not anymore. You know, the, <laughs> we, we would say that they were probably on the, the left side of the political spectrum. Yeah. And, and we're, not, we're not taking any sides here, right. politically speaking. We're just talking about facts and we're talking straight down the line. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the things that I have a hard time understanding, and, and, and it's strange how things, the dynamics of things have changed over the years. So the same type of folks that protested the Vietnam War, protested our imperialism around the world, right. and protested uh, the way that the, the, the expansion of the United States government, those similar folks, if you fast forward to this time frame, right. it's the complete opposite. Yeah, they want to go. They and want interfere. more government. Right. They want to inf- interfere more into people's rights. Yep. They it's do. they want now. A lot of them want to go and invade uh, or, or send troops to Ukraine. Ukraine to resist Putin. Uh, violate uh, yeah. you know the civil rights of Americans. They want, yeah, they want a, they want oppression. It's <laughs> it's bizarre <laughs> to me. And actually, this is a good segue. And I can't figure it out, this and I don't a, understand it. This is a perfect segue. Yes, yeah, segue, into what, segue, segue. The next topic that we're going to talk about, and that is the January sixth uh, riot. January sixth of what year, though? What are you 19, referring to? Uh, excuse me, nineteen. Oh, in twenty twenty one. So this was this was January twenty twenty one, about mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say riot is because. Depending on what your political affiliation is, yeah. that depends on what you that that matters as to what you refer to this incident as. Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to the left wing folks, they'll say, 
This was the greatest terrorist attack in the history of humanity. Yes. Uh, worse than Pearl Harbor. Worse than uh, than anything that's ever happened. Uh, and it's horrible insurrection coup d'etat. Then you have the right-wing people who say, this is absolutely nothing, nothing happened, just shut up. Right. Now, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. In the middle. As in most things. Always. Now, we, on this program, we don't talk about politics very much. No. And that's on purpose, because it divides people. We'd rather not. We'd rather talk about fun and interesting things, queening boxes. Yes. uh, Kirtland warblers. uh, All sorts of things of that sort. But I want to talk about January 6th, because it's in the news right now. And it, it, there's some hallmarks of a false flag operation. Now, yes. to give you some background, as if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. So January 6, 2021, was the day that Congress was going to vote to certify the presidential election. Now, in presidential elections past, it's basically a formality. That's the day that, you know, the, the, the election happens in November. The, uh, the, the winner is declared. And then Congress formally gets together to vote to certify the election in January. This mm-hmm. has been the case for 250 years or whatever the case may be. Sure. And it probably dates back to when, you know, it took them two weeks to get from point A to point B. And they, you know, they had to, they had to plan these things quite a bit in advance. Mm-hmm. But they don't really need to do that now. But that's how they do it. So anyway, what happened in, what happened was, here's the, here's the background of it. Um, there was a protest planned to protest the certification because Trump, President Trump at the time, yes, his supporters were under the impression that the election had been stolen, that there had been chicanery and shenanigans going on, and that President Trump was actually the rightful uh, president. And we're not going to get into no, the, the merits of any that. of that. No, 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 no. This is not about that. I'm just giving you the, the reason why they were getting together and this was planned for weeks. Weeks in advance, the Trump supporters had planned to have uh, a, a rally. rally. Yes. Now, so they did. They get they get all these, they get hundreds, if not uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in Washington D.C. Uh, and on January fifth, the day before, they were having like a, a demonstration. Things started happening mm. in the crowd that foreshadowed what would take place the next day. I'm going to get to what that. What was happening? Uh huh. Well, we get to that in a min- in a moment. So January 5th, they were having a rally, and this is all on tape. Like, you can see video of it, because right. obviously, they, they planned this in advance. This wasn't spur of the moment. There were cameras everywhere. There were reporters. There were folks in the crowd that were riling the crowd up on January 5th and saying, tomorrow, we're going to go into the Capitol. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in. We're not just going to protest. We're actually going to go in. Who was doing this? Aha! So there were folks that were instigators amongst the crowd. As always. As there always are. Now, there are many who say that these instigators were actually government agents or informants or somehow acting as agents of the government to to instigate this, to create a false flag operation, to demonize Trump supporters and the conservatives. Because what Biden needed at the beginning of his presidency was an enemy, right? Right, right. To, right. to, 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 to get... To get behind. Everyone needs a protagonist. Sure, that's right. And his... Or, excuse me, an antagonist. An antagonist. Antagonist. And Trump wasn't helping because he was going out there saying the election was stolen. Yes. I'm the rightful president. He says a lot of dumb stuff. He says a lot of stupid things, again. But so... And he got a lot of people riled up. But anyway, to make a long story short, so January 5th, there are people that are starting to go around instigating, saying, tomorrow we're going to go into the Capitol. Now, before this... That wasn't discussed. Like, this was just supposed to be a demonstration. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really intended to do this. Right. Because they were 
you know, that had never happened before. And like, even if you, even if you disrupt the certification of the election, you think that's really going to do anything? Right. No, it's just going to, they're just move it down the line and do it some other time. So one of the ringleaders of the instigation is caught on tape. You can see it, you know, everywhere was a guy by the name of Ray Epps, who was an Arizona resident, Mm -hmm. who was a member supposedly of the Oath Keepers or somehow affiliated with the Oath Keepers. He was like a chapter president. Right. And if if you don't know what they are, the Oath Keepers was is a I don't know if they're still around (laughs) after last year, but it was a group of former veterans, law enforcement uh, officials who basically are get together to theoretically defend the rights of Americans. Defend the Constitution. Defend the Constitution, right. So they they go by the name the Oath Keepers. Right. Ray Epps was one of these Oath Keepers. So he's on video telling people, hey, tomorrow we're not just going to go to the Capitol. We're going in. And when he's saying this, there's people in the crowd that are saying no, no, and they're screaming no at him. And there's actually a a famous video of a guy pointing up saying, Fed, Fed, this guy's a Fed. And he's like, no, no, I'm not a Fed, I swear to God. (laughs) Right? Which if you're (laughs) not not me. Not me. That wouldn't be me. So anyway, like he said, Ed, my name's Ed. <laughs> so January 6th comes. President Trump gives a speech while the certification process is in place. Um, after the speech, everybody starts, this huge crowd of people starts heading towards the U.S. Capitol building. Now, they kind of saw this coming. So the police had barricades up, yes. as they should. Yep. Huh? And for the most part, people were behaving like they were getting, because most, most people don't want to fight the police. Most people don't. Some people do. Some people are up for for a little bit of chaos. Most people don't want to fight the police. So they get up to the barricades and they stop. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Because at some point, this guy Ray Epps, again, shows up on video, starts instigating at the barricades. Mm -hmm. You can see him clearly whispering into people's ears, getting in people's faces, riling them up. And then seconds later, people rush the barricades. Mm. And they start assaulting police officers, which was obviously wrong. Then then after that, once they get past the barricades, people did actually smash windows, get inside the Capitol building, mm. um, and then basically chaos ensued. And then the the, um, the probably the worst part of it was at one point, and I'm not sure if you saw it, but that an individual Trump supporter by the name of Ashley Babbitt was killed as she tried to breach. She did breach one of the in- interior areas of the Capitol building. Um, there was a there was a barricaded door, um, and have you seen the video? Yes. So what, I, I want to talk about the video in just a second, but, but basically she was she was the only casualty that was a direct result of the riot. Yes. She was a Trump supporter. She was killed by a Capitol police officer who was cleared of all wrongdoing. Whatever. I'm not really going to get into that. But and then strangely, the riot kind of ended, and everybody just kind of left. Now. If this was a coup attempt, would that have happened? Would people have just left? No. No. Would all they, the, more yeah. than likely there would have been some sort of armed insurrection. Yeah. You would have right. You would have seen people shooting. Yes. You didn't see that. You would have saw people with you know. So this, in in my estimation, I don't think this was a planned, uh, planned insurrection or a coup attempt. It was a riot that people got out of control and. Obviously, the people that, that assaulted police and got into the building, those people deserve to be arrested. They deserve to go and be tried and right. be punished. But I don't think that you can co- classify this as a, as a as a insurrection because no one's being charged with insurrection, first of all. But anyway, so the Ashley Babbitt shooting, I watched it like three times today because there's, some lot of, there's a lot of weird crap that's happening at this time. 
So there's this interior door, and theoretically behind the door where the there was some Capitol Police officers, and then on the other side of the door there was some rioters, and they were they were breaking the windows, and behind the Capitol Police officers were some members of Congress. Now, they broke this window down, and right as they're breaking this window down, you can see you can clearly see one of the rioters turns and he goes, "There's a guy into the gun in there." Mm. There's a guy with a gun. Everybody back up. Something bad's going to happen. And you can see him. He steps away from it. Now, behind where Ashley Babbitt is, is she's she's being stupid, and she's trying to go through the barricade. Yep. Clearly, she's not supposed to be doing that. Um, behind her, there's a bunch of cops. There was a cop that was standing there, not doing anything, just kind of like just standing there watching. Sure. And then behind him, there was like three SWAT guys that were all intact, that were all tacked out, just waiting. Now... I don't know what they were doing. They weren't. They weren't attempting to defuse the situation. They were just standing there. Could they have stopped her from doing what she was sure. supposed to be they doing? They were standing right there. They could have. They could have been fighting uh, again. Don't. I, I'm not putting myself in the position of these these guys because you're one guy against I don't know right 50, 50 people standing there. You don't want to. You don't want to antagonize the people. But if that's your job, they weren't making any attempt to stop them. Right. So anyway, she goes through. She goes through right after this guy gives the warning. This guy with a gun in there. She gets shot in the neck, mm. falls down. What happens? You're 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 a, a very very experienced um, individual when it comes to situations like this kind of thing. <laughs> what what do you see happens when there's a when there's a crowded situation and there's a shot that takes place? What happens? Uh, well, generally people will scatter. Generally people scatter. Yeah, because that's human nature. Right. Somebody sees somebody getting shot, they don't want to stand there anymore. Correct. That's not what happened here. Like people didn't run. Mm. They just stood there, and now I don't know if it was if it was uh, d- disbelief or maybe they couldn't leave because there's just too many people in there. But they, anyway, make a long story short, they stand there mm. now. Now the cops move and they clear everybody out, and they start giving first aid to mm-hmm. Ashley Babbitt, who ends up pa- passing away. But to me, it looked like it didn't look like a real situation. It looked like mm. like th- there was something weird going on there. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. Because okay. I've seen the video myself. Yeah. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, as we talked, as you just mentioned, what's people's normal reaction? Normal people, normal, a normal person's reaction is when a gun goes off is to scatter. Scatter or, ju- it, it, or duck. It happens. <laughs> it, 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 right. it definitely happens. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Right. Uh, and, and I do recall seeing the video, and that didn't happen in this case. Right. Um, I don't know what to make of that, to be quite honest. Well, let's let's, let's even put that aside. I just want to mention that because yeah. if, if you want to get into it, that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. But let's go back to Ray Epps for a minute. So Ray Epps was on January 5th, night before the riot, antagonizing people, telling them what was going to happen the next day. January 6th, he's on video enticing people to go into, into the building, right at the barricades. There were a lot of people that got arrested for less than what Ray Epps did. Right. Ray Epps has never been arrested. Hmm. Okay. He showed up on the FBI most wanted poster for a few days, mm-hmm. then magically disappeared off of the FBI most wanted. Never was arrested. People pretended like they didn't know who Ray Upps was. This week, during congressional hearings, I think it was Senator Cruz from Texas, asked, who is Ray Epps? And the FBI director said, I don't know. Uh, or said, I can't answer that question. Well, he didn't know a lot. Yeah, he didn't know. But I can't answer that question. The attorney general, I can't answer that question. So now you start thinking, well, if if he was a bad, just a general bad guy, first of all, he would have been arrested just like everybody else was. 
he would have been interrogated. He probably would have been in prison right now, like all the rest of them. So how come this guy wasn't? Let, let me just summarize what Mike is saying. <laughs> we, as we as we stated earlier, we're patriots. Yes, we believe in the 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 experiment of the United States. We believe mm-hmm. in uh, that that we can we can bring forth freedom and opportunity for for all all types here mm-hmm. in the United States of America. The United States government, which is which is to me is outside. It's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's outside. It's outside the purview of. We are not the government of the experiment of the United States and the freedom of and opportunity of, of yes. all people. The United States government is a corrupt organization. I would agree, and, and it, it goes back. You know, it has been for many, many decades, years. Right. and it continues today. And if you think it isn't, whether you're on the right, the left, or in the matter. middle, it doesn't matter. It is the truth. The United States government is corrupt. They're going to lie to you. They're going to deceive you. They're going to manipulate you in a- any way that they can. Well, and the reason that this is scary is because most people, most people, and I included up until fairly recently, I guess, thought that as long as you told the truth, mm-hmm. as long as you um, did did the right thing, you'd be fine. No. I don't think that anymore. No. I feel like if they feel like railroading you, they're going to railroad you. Yeah. And, and – th- there's just too many things regarding this. And unfortunately, too many people, too many Americans fall into a camp. As soon as they hear about an issue, they immediately go, wait a minute, is this mm. is this good for my political cause mm. or not good for my political cause? Instead of saying, is this right or is this not right? And the, the biggest problem and the biggest issue that's going on is division. They, yeah. they want to divide people. And sure. unfortunately, that's where we're at right now, whether it's... Whether it's vaccines, right. whether it's uh, you know where you stand politically and, and whatever, they want us to be divided. Well, remember for 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 we're like forty five years old for for forty years of your life. Did you really care what political affiliation anybody was? No, your friends, family. I didn't really care, and I really don't care now. I don't care what political belief you are, but a lot of people do, and they'll go, oh. This person voted for Trump. He's yeah. not welcome at yeah. my Thanksgiving table. And, and it becomes it becomes militant. So what you need to do is you need to you need to look outside the mainstream media. And I'm I'm not gonna yes. I'm not gonna promote any alternative uh, media or alternative information. But there are people out there, independent people that look that look at both sides of it, and they're willing to depending upon what their belief is they're looking at they look at it upon themselves right. and others and they say hey listen let's have a discussion yeah uh, well cuz cuz a person is not evil one way or the other no and this is a good okay i know you said you're not going to mention people specifically i'm going to mention one and that's joe rogan okay joe rogan has the most listened to podcast in the world now he runs afoul of both left and right people yeah because and this is my opinion he just says what he thinks he doesn't think about Oh well, well, is this in keeping with my uh, with a polit- certain political belief? Uh, he has guests on from all all walks of life. He allows them an opportunity to discuss. And to me, he asks meaningful questions and he has an open mind about things. And a lot of people don't like that. Right. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear only their specific political bent, and that's where he runs afoul of folks. So again. I'm a fan of the Joe Rogan show. I think he does a great show. He, he's a very good interviewer, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't keep notes and he does three-hour interviews. I don't know how the hell he does that. Do you know Russell Brand? Yeah. 
Who's Russell? Russell Brand. He's an, he's an actor. He was. A, it's a British actor. Exactly. Yeah. He he is. Um, he's a very left wing guy, isn't he? He he's. If if you had to say he's on the left side of the political spectrum, yeah. But he himself, and something that Mike and I have talked about, mm-hmm. is he is not a militant in the sense that he's willing to have conversations with people, right? Because because Some just because you're on one side or, right. or another of right. the political spectrum, it doesn't make you an evil person. It doesn't make you right. inherently bad. Yeah. It just makes you you have different beliefs. You have different. Uh, thoughts on certain subjects Mm -hmm. and russell is the kind of person who is yeah he's on the left side of the spectrum however willing to listen he's willing to listen and he's not someone who will go along with the mainstream and will say hey listen let's have a discussion about this and maybe you can convince me or maybe i i I can kind of convince you one way or the other Mm -hmm. so with that said of course we're getting to the end of the program we're going a little over today but not a big deal that's okay let me ask you this mike this is more important than any of the discussions that we've had today. Okay. What are your thoughts on Adam Sandler as an actor and a comedian? <laughs> what are my thoughts of Adam Sandler? Um, well, this is an off-the-wall question. I, I used to really like Adam Sandler movies. Yes. I was a big fan of Billy Madison and oh, Happy Gilmore. Yes. Uh, big Daddy was funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like over the years, he's become less funny. Right. He right. did uh, Hubie Halloween, which I watch with my kids every year. <laughs> well, it's only been out a couple of years. I think it's a good movie. Okay. So he's fairly entertaining. Yes. I don't think he's nearly as funny as he used to be. Um, and as an actor, I don't know. I, I'm, I think he – I don't think he's a great actor. Mm. No. Well, no. He's not going to win an Oscar for <laughs> no. anything well, like that. I don't know because he's up for – he does these dramatic weirdo movies and stuff now. <laughs> he does. He does. So I, I – back in the day, I loved I loved the man yeah. on SNL. like pretty funny. Opera Man. Sure. Remember Opera Man? Yeah, I do remember Opera Oh, I loved Opera Man. Opera Man. Opera <laughs> he did the Thanksgiving song. Yes. He's very talented, he's actually. He's a funny guy, yeah. He's, uh, he, actually, he's a local New Englander. He's, yeah, he's from uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, but he's pretty talented. You know, he can sing. He can mm-hmm. play guitar. I I, I just I Although just his love singing it. voice doesn't sound anything like his talking voice. No. Which no. throws me off. No. I don't know. No. People that are like... You know who was like that was Scott Weiland. Oh, he's his amazing. Singing, yeah, but well, very his talented. singing voice was completely different from his talking voice. Anyway. Yeah, yeah whatever. Anyway, uh, one of Adam Sandler's early movies was a, a movie called Airheads. Ah, remember yeah, Airheads? Air, I think, we Frazier. think we saw that in the movie theater. That's a good movie. Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi <laughs> Steve was Buscemi, in Steve Buscemi, yeah. And they played a uh, uh, up-and-coming rock band, a three-piece, that overtook oh. the airwaves of a radio station. The Lone Rangers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. <laughs> <laughs> and Kramer was in the movie. He was, Michael Richards. And yeah. actually, if you haven't seen that, that's a... <laughs> I uh, forgot about that movie. Uh, obscure Adam Sandler movie, but it's freaking it's hysterical. Funny. It's a funny movie, yeah. I think he went off the rails shortly after Wedding Singer. Yeah, Remember Wedding I didn't Singer? really care for Wedding Singer. It wasn't bad. Uh, he, well, okay. The funniest thing in Wedding Singer was uh, when he goes... So uh, his love interest in the movie, Yeah, her name was Julia. And she Julia. was marrying a guy, yes. and his last name was Gulia. And he goes, Julia Gulia? And that's her name. And he's like, that's funny. Well, let me ask you this. He's like, oh, Again, that's not funny. We're not on our time schedule, so anyway, it doesn't matter. But I wanted to ask you, because yes. actually I did yes. write this down. We yes. didn't get to it. What are some movies from the 80s that you liked that hold up to this day? You mentioned Silverado, yep. which I I enjoyed. I yes. thought that was a great movie. Yep. Um, there's a lot of movies that you, you watch them now and you go, wow, this movie's still good. Mm-hmm. But then there's some movies you go, oh, my God, I used to love that movie, but it's horrible. 
Um, well, Spies Like Us is a favorite Spies of mine. Spies Like Us. It's a favorite of mine. Yeah. 1985, uh, yep. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. Yep. It's a spy movie. Vanessa Angel. Um, but it has the Soviet Union in it. That's correct. It, so it's not that, that. You know what one that, that I enjoy? I'll, I'll watch it to this day. Yes. Is a Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, With yes. uh, Kurt Russell. Yes. And uh, Kim Cattrall. Oh, that's a young Kim, Kim Cattrall. Very hot Kim Cattrall. Remember when she was in Mannequin? Yes. Yeah. She was in Mannequin. Yes. I liked Mannequin too. I love that. But too. there's like uh, uh, there's some movies that you watch them now, like uh, Caddyshack Two. Not good. Not good. No. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Mason was not Ro- Rodney Dangerfield. He, he tried no, to be, but nobody's Rodney Dangerfield. No, it didn't happen. Didn't yeah. happen. There's a few movies. Um, uh, what was another one that was terrible? Was um, uh, Conan. The Barbarian, uh, the, the, the Destroyer, Destroyer, the sequel with yeah, the Wilt sequel. Chamberlain in it. Yes. Not good. Yes. The first Although, one was good. You know who was in that? No. The, the, the blonde princess, Olivia Dabo. Oh, Olivia Dabo. Yes. She played, uh, yes. she was in Wonder Years. She was in Wonder Years, yeah. And one thing that struck me about um, Conan the Destroyer yep. was when Wilt Chamberlain, who was like six foot ten, yeah. picked her up and put her on a horse. And I'm like, oh, she's so small. Wasn't and, he making? Did he? And Wilt is so big. But he and, was like, he didn't make love to her in that movie, did he? Well, if he did, he would have destroyed I was her. Because that's she, why the movie. She'd be dead. Uh, one of the other ones that I mentioned that was that I actually wrote down that that is still a good movie to this day is Karate Kid, the first oh, Karate Kid. Yes, great movie, man. Good message. Um, yes. Uh, you had a, a very, very thick Elizabeth Shue. Oh, I loved Elizabeth. Who was really Shue. cute back in the day, dude. Let me tell you, I was a. Can I reveal something to the EM Project <laughs> yes, folks? Yes, let's do it. Back in the 80s, I was a ninja. <laughs> I was a freaking ninja. I loved ninja movies. Mm. I loved karate movies. Yes. Karate Kid, I watched that for the first time. I went around kicking the shit out of everything. <laughs> I American Ninja was a movie that I loved. American Ninja, that was um, the guy with the mullet. Michael Dudikoff. Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> American Ninja. Jim Kata. Do you remember Jim Kata? Oh, Jim Kata. What was the one with the, the Capoeira movie? Uh, Rapa Nui? <laughs> I don't know that one. I was a fan of uh, The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon. Uh, you name the ninja movie from the 80s. No Retreat, No Surrender. I was into it. I was kicking things, beating up my little sister. It was so fun. You know, I remember you punching your little sister in the I stomach did. one time. I did. She, she cried. she went down like a sack of potatoes. She cried. I thought I was Michael Dudikoff. Instead, I was a nobody. Well, and there was another movie that I was just mentioning to the other day was uh, uh, um, War Games. Yes. Still holds up as a good movie, even yes. though the technology's old. Tango and Cash, featuring a young Terry Hatcher. How about this one? Ridiculously hot. Cloak and Dagger. Oh, uh, oh Dabney Coleman. I loved Cloak, Cloak and, and Dagger. Dagger. Yeah, that was, he was like a video game. Video game guy. And, yeah. and uh, the, the uh, I, bet Dabney... if, I bet if you watched that one now, though, it wouldn't it No, wouldn't be that so, wouldn't hold up. Wouldn't that wouldn't so hold good. up. Some, some ones that didn't hold up was, um, uh, do you remember Leonard Part 6? It was the Bill Cosby? With Bill Cosby? Bill no, Cosby, the raper. A agent. He's a raper. <laughs> Terrible movie. He's such a raper. I remember seeing that movie in the theater. Leonard I, Part I don't Six. Think I, I saw it with Jacques Caravaux in like uh, 1986. Oh, Jacques Caravaux, the from Once Well, our show's kind of going off the rails. That's all right. That's a good. That's a good segue, actually. Well, anyway, so we're coming to the end of the program. But check out our uh, our uh, our parent company, Hermit Light. That's yes. her- HermitLight.com. Hermit Light. Hermit Light Media. Our friends, uh, Red Queen Project. Red in Queen, Indiana. not Queen Box. Their new EP. No, not Queen Box. Nope. And then our uh, uh, we got some some movies coming out. Our movies. short Our short is entitled Unsound. Yeah. Uh, and that's making the festival circuit. We'll make it uh, available soon. 
And then we got a bunch. We got a bunch of stuff coming. Well, up. Uh, I think Mike and Jay are doing a um, a homoerotic uh, some some sexual videos. Uh, Snow blowing movie. I think uh, at some point. Well, we thought about doing a calendar. You know, the men yes. the men of the Eon Project. <laughs> and uh, we were thinking about if you want to see that, you can always find us on social media. Where you know we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can go to our website. You can email us at theguys mm. at hermitlight.com. That's theguys the at hermitlight.com. Yes. Anything that you have, uh, comments about the show. And if you like the show, just drop us a, a review because nobody ever does. And if you do, we'll really, sure. be, really be thankful. Absolutely. Well, we're going to come back to you at some point with another uh, really exciting episode. So just remember, the truth exists. Uh,